Welcome to No Life Fresno. Come with us and meet your neighbors as we dive into the world of Fresno art, music, food, culture, and everything in between. Service registration for the draft type of thing. 
and I decided to be proactive and go down and look into signing up for the uh, reserve, you know, the military reserve, whether it's Army, Navy, whatever reserve unit, because at the time it would be like two years and then you're done and reserve slash National Guard would stay home sure. and yeah. not go off to whatever war. And I went in, took the test, and the recruiter said, wow, you did really well. You can be on a nuclear submarine as a... I'm like, uh, no, that's not that, what I'm interested in. That just in. also sounds terrifying. Like, not, I mean, you're in a metal tube with... That goes hundreds of feet under the water. And you're like, next and to you, you have, like, nuclear power. Next to a, yeah, a nuclear weapon. That can kill <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not really interested in that. This is kind of what I'm interested in. And they kept needling me, needling me. And... You know, I, I came to the conclusion that I knew they were just lying to me about all kinds of stuff. Sure. And, you know, it kind of ticked me off. And I told them, you know, I'd go to hell. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. And, you know, when I graduated uh, high school, I then, because that was my high school days, you know, go to Fresno State. And, and you know, this is the early 80s, and we had um, all kinds of conflict going on in Central America. Or, U.S. was involved in all kinds of shady stuff, propping up yeah. dictators and death squads and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I got involved with that. And you know, that was like at 18 years old. So I've been active ever since on a variety of, of issues. Um, my mom always teased me saying, so what you protesting today? Yeah. And you know, I, I got to the point where I said, I'm, I'm protesting for human rights. I, I no matter was, what yeah. the issue is, it comes back to human rights. I think that's really amazing. And, and there needs to be more people. I mean, there are people like you in this world, but there, there needs to be more like you in this world. Um, so you've been doing community activism outreach for number of years, um, and so the one that I'm asking you about today is uh, the, the needle exchange. Um, so what is the needle exchange for uh, people in the audience uh, listening? So the needle exchange program is considered a harm reduction organization that tries to reduce the uh, harm from the problematic use of drugs. Um, what we do is uh, we meet, we set up once a week for a couple of hours uh, near Roading Park, uh, and we exchange new sterile syringes for used ones with people who inject drugs. And we do that in, a, in an effort to slow the spread of HIV and AIDS, uh, to lessen the amount of uh, emergency room visits yeah. uh, to lessen uh, the overdose crisis. Uh, we provide uh, the overdose drug, uh, Narcan. Awesome. Um, we have referrals to treatment if people are, are interested. Um, and we're just meeting people who 
who are really marginalized, where politicians feel that it's okay to say, just let them die. Yeah, and that's, that's not okay. That's not best because people so, are human beings, and these yeah, human beings, and it's we're, not. <laughs> we're trying to address yeah. the harmful aspects of, of problematic substance use, and you know, many many years of studies proves that it's a very effective intervention. Yeah, um, it lowers the rates of hepatitis C, HIV. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think it's great you're talking about this because there's, you know, for people growing up, you know, the way I grew up is like, you know, I that's like something that I didn't understand or just like, oh, say it, but those are the subhumans. And so there's, it's just like bringing humanity and reality to a situation where it's like this is happening and there has to be a humane, compassionate way to delegate this. And I think it's wonderful. Um, uh, when did you start uh, helping with the needle exchange? Um, well, the, the needle exchange started in 1994. And now, is this like a nationwide thing, or is it just uh, like, is the needle exchange go beyond Fresno, or is it like there's a bunch of them all over the world, or is it national? Yeah, yeah there's a bunch of them all over. Um, you know, a lot of them will operate either on a city basis or even a neighborhood basis. So in larger cities. Um, and then some are a little more regional, uh, just based on need and the lack of resources. Fresno operates a little more regionally because we're a desert of, of having the available resources. Um, and that's true like across the board on a lot of yeah. a lot of things, but even more so in the health field. Because right. um, I mean the if you're a medical professional, you know, as a doctor, um, would you like to practice in Fresno or like some <laughs> yeah. someplace that's you know considered more desirable? Okay. Yeah. You know, because I mean, you can make the money to live wherever you want. So, right. so a lot of folks in the higher-paying professions uh, choose not to live in places like Fresno because it's a harsh environment. I mean. It, it's hot as all heck in the summer. Yeah. And, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, 1996 is when I got involved with it. Okay, wow. Okay. So, it's been a long <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't, I, you know, I just, because I don't need to be involved in so many different things that I, you know, I'm just singly focusing on this. I didn't yeah. realize you've been working with them for that long. That's awesome. Um, and you kind, of, kind of touched on it a little bit, but this might be like simplified more if you already didn't. Uh, why, why is a needle exchange important in the community? Um, um, well, what, it's important to me because it's meeting the needs of a very marginalized uh, group of folks. Right. Um, folks that even family members will throw under the bus at yeah. points. It's like I understand having healthy boundaries around you know, right. people with problematic issues. And I think there's an idea, like, for people listening, it's not like, at least how I'm thinking about it, it's not like people are saying, you know, if someone's being harmful and violent or being absurd, you have to have boundaries. But this is like, 
and that's not what this is talking about. It's like these people, there's a need to have like sanitation and, and advice, and if someone's sick, there's someone there to help them, and, and if they need to like get help and be on the track to being clean, and there's that option, right? Right. So, so, you know, on a community basis, um, it's beneficial in that, you know, we are taking used syringes off the streets yeah. where, you know, what other options are there to dispose of, like, used syringes yeah. in a safe manner? I mean, <laughs> hospitals do not want to take them back. Yeah. The doctors that prescribe them don't want to take them back. The pharmacy that sells them to you, the vast majority do not want to take them back. Um, you know, even when they're paid to take them back. Uh, so where are people supposed to dispose of them? Yeah. Um, so if we didn't exist, they would end up, you know, in the trash cans, in the streets, um, you know, being disposed of in an unsafe manner. And you know, we we take off more used syringes off the streets than any other agency or law enforcement yeah, wow. in the county. Yeah. I mean, uh, we took over a million used syringes off the streets of Fresno last year. That's, so, that's wild. <laughs> so yeah. is that beneficial to society? I think it is, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I mean, if people are going to do what they're going to do, I mean, I, 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 live in a, I live in a tower, a reality, and you know, there's syringes on the sidewalk, and and you know, there's animals and people walking and children. It's like, yeah, but this is this needs to be cleaned up in an effective way, so no one, you know, has it. It's a hazard issue, I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really great service you're doing. That. Uh, what? Are the future goals for the exchange and requests from the community? It's like how to support, like how can one support the needle exchange? Yeah. For the future, like right now, we're really looking at trying to open a drop-in center because, uh, like, we're a mobile setup where we have a uh, an RV and we set up in a cul-de-sac where people come and meet us in a cul-de-sac in yeah. Fresno. And so we'd really like to have a drop-in center where people can come to us, we can expand our services, have uh, a variety of so services. So like, like a permanent location, yeah. we'll know where it's at, so they're not... Is it, so when you say a cul-de-sac, is it the same cul-de-sac you guys are moving around? Uh, it's the same cul-de-sac. Okay. And then we do a little bit of um, home delivery or delivery to different... Uh, locations for like smaller rural, you know, cities around sure. surrounding Fresno. Okay. So it's like we'll set people up on a monthly delivery, and uh, you know, the first Tuesday, you know, and then we call to confirm, and then we show up. Okay. You know, like Selma, Reedley, Sanger, wherever. And um, but if we could have a drop-in center. It would be much easier. Uh, we're getting in out of the heat of the summer yeah. and the, the foggy, windy cold of the winters. Um, 
council meeting in a, a more private location where somebody, um, you know, we can provide like HIV testing. Mm -hmm. And then somebody comes back positive for HIV, um, have you sit down and have that conversation on the I, street corner? I would imagine that would be very, right. it's like, hey, like, you need a private location yeah, where you can sit down very and sensitive, be comfortable. Very sensitive, right. very personal information. Right. It's like, oh, great. Like, people are like possibly watching Walking this. by it. Yeah. Watching this interaction that's very personal. I would, but yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's our main goal at this point. Okay. Um, you know, we're trying to find the funding for that, uh, you know, whether to purchase or rent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, it depends on the funding that comes sure. in. Right. And then, you know, dealing with any kind of uh, NIMBY type folks um, that could, you know, like we realize a lot of folks aren't going to want that, you know, next to their home. Right. So, uh, I mean, obviously it would be a, yeah, it's a, it's more of an industrial type setting. Right. And, yeah, I can, I can see that. And in a neighborhood where the people already are, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to open a storefront in uh, Champlain and Parrot. Oh, really? <laughs> right next to the Taco Bell? Yeah. Uh, well, plus, you know, the folks in those neighborhoods have the resources to, yeah, to get their syringes from, you know, a doctor and a pharmacy. And right. There's different avenues they can take in the privacy and, and right. uh, discreet, being discreet. Um, they have that. Because, uh, you know, folks in North Fresno do use, yeah. you know, inject substances. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. not just a South Fresno thing. No, I think there's this idea that people like South of Shaw just say <laughs> live in some slime gutter and we're like, and then the like, problems don't exist in the rest of the city, which it totally does. Um, well, you know, um, <laughs> we haven't had a Save Mart uh, shut down for the last 24 hours in South Fresno. Uh, that, I, Let's I, put I, it that way. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so leading into Fresno, uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you love about Fresno? Uh, I like that, you know, it's a... It's considered a large town, but it has a small town vibe to it. Um, it's kind of weird. I mean, we're over half a million people, like within the city limits. Yeah. In metropolitan, we're over a million. That's a big city. Yeah, I think the county is at a million. That's just the that's, yeah, just, it's a over the, that's just the census. I mean, it's, right. to be you know, much more than that. You're like, yeah, just the immediate surrounding area of the county islands and Clovis, because Clovis would be considered a suburb of Fresno, uh, puts us at like close to 800,000 people. Yeah. And then Metropolitan would include like going out towards Sainer and, and Selma and Kerman and even Madera to some extent. Because it, it's like a, those are kind of better communities of Fresno. So like we're over a million that we have a small town vibe to it. Yeah, um, definitely a theme I've come across. Uh, I like that it's centrally located in that 
you can be at the beach within two and a half hours. You can uh, be up in the mountains at 10,000 feet elevation within, uh, you know, less than 100 miles. Yeah, it does. Um, and then, you know, Bay Area, Los Angeles, you know, you can be in those areas within three, three and a half hours. So, you know, it's very centrally located. Um, you know, so those are kind of the things that I like about the Fresno area. Okay, awesome. Um, what opportunities do you see for Fresno to improve? Um, I see a lot of, this is over the last few years, a lot of, um, what you call it, uh, social justice groups. Um, that are doing a lot of good work. Um, like examples would be like Faith in Fresno or the CMC. Um, you know, that actually have paid staff to go out and uh, address some of the concerns, and they're they're addressing the concerns by um, like really holding public officials accountable. Yeah. They're like Faith in the Valley will go to City Hall and meet and hit them up on housing issues, uh, like the recent stuff with Trails End um, Mobile Home Park. Okay. They've been a big part of uh, working with that. Um, so, like, I can really see um, some good progress there. Um, one thing I've I'd like to see in, in other like large towns, uh, you have political candidates that are that come up through the progressive community. Yeah. You know, they're very active with tenants unions, with healthcare issues, with they're already you know, involved different in the community. The, yeah, they're very involved in the community. They're like hardcore solid organizers. Yeah. They come up and they really build a name for themselves um, through working, networking within their communities. Sure. Um, so what they do is all these different groups get together and they go, we need to run a good, solid, progressive candidate for supervisor, for city council, for state assembly, for whatever the, the, the office. Yeah. Uh, we have someone there who's problematic. Uh, because just having a D or an R behind your name doesn't mean anything in the long run. Right, right. Yeah. You know, in, in Fresno, there's way too many people that are just running on their family names. And I might, like, I'm literally not saying the names, sure, but yeah. we all know who they are. There's an interesting... And none yeah. of them come up from the grassroots. None of them have been organizers in the past. Right. None of them have built a reputation of leading by example. And that's what one thing Fresno is lacking. So I'm hoping that these uh, groups that are out there, um, you know, the Faith in the Valley, the CNC, you know, the Needle Exchange, uh, the different tenants groups, the uh, the tower uh, theater 
protests group. I'll get together and really look at recruiting a good solid candidates to run for some of these offices. And that way we can have somebody sitting at the table so that when other politicians are talking, you know, garbage, sure. that they can be called out even behind closed doors. Yeah. You know, we just have too many folks that have not put in the time or effort to show, like, real work. Yeah, it's like sort of the... Sort yeah, of that's what we need. Serving two masters, I like, can see some of the people that are... You know, yeah, because, I mean, a, a good solid organizer coming up, like, say we have ten different organizations that do regularly, regular canvassing and regular work. Um, you know, they can get together and you know, raise a, a decent startup amount of money. Yeah. But a, a good organizer would have a strong ground campaign of volunteer staff that would quietly go out and just hit the neighborhoods to, to raise support around their candidate and around their issues. Because you know, in the end, it's not about the, the individual, it's about the issues. Right, I mean, and that that individual is actually representing what they're working on this entire time in a grassroots environment. That it's like they've shown what they're doing. They've shown, they're 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 shown who they are. Yeah, so it's like it's on. You know, so they're less likely to be bought off by yeah. a developer. Um, they'll hold people a little more accountable. Yeah, and so that you know, that's one thing I'm I'm hoping uh, kind of. Grows a little more in Fresno, because I mean, they, any of our city council folks, what did any of them do before they became they won their office? That's a good question. You know, it, it's hard to think of anything. You know, they might have been a school board member before. Well, no, that's that's not what they did before they got into office. You know, what have they done to address the issues? Before they became came into office, then why are they there? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, so so yeah, I'd really like to see uh, you know, folks coming up from the progressive community uh, to run good, solid, organizing type individuals. Um, you know, the first couple that that run. Probably be quiet at first until we get on position. Sure. <laughs>
and I'm not talking electoral campaigns, I mean yeah. just campaigns for change. Right. No, whatever the issue is. Yeah, there's so many different campaigns take, going on. Like, a lot will take years. Yeah. I mean, now look at the Tower Theater protests. Yeah. You know, <laughs> been going on a year and a half. Yeah. And, you know, the, the court stuff isn't even going to take place until January or, or February of next year. Yeah. So, you know, by then it'll be two years in. So, you know, most change takes a while, and, and that doesn't mean you got to do the same exact thing forever and ever and ever. Change it up, diversity of tactics, you know, different things um, at different points in the struggle. But, you know, just be aware that it, it takes a while for, yeah. for any good, positive change. And I've observed this even with myself, I've observed in the community, like sometimes people burned out really easily mm -hmm. and also there's like people taking up too much space and not being mindful and then it's like because it's really you know that's the thing of like being organized you know it's it's hard to do um, but it's good that you said this you know it's gonna take a second and there's gonna be a lot of shifting and changing and growing and learning and yep moments where you're gonna have to be humble because it's gonna happen <laughs> Right. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, it's like, okay. And, 
all the different organizations bring their uh, t-shirts and they have a really cool uh, designs on a lot of shirts and stuff. Um, you know, you got some good artists and uh, some good t-shirt making folks. <laughs> so, like I have uh, the funds to give me a few t-shirts, you know, cool. and these are fundraisers for the different orgs, so, so that's always cool. That sounds pretty awesome, man. I'm, um, I'm excited for you. I mean, not that I mean, it's a situation for people that, you know, obviously want people to be happy and healthy, but it's a service that needs to be done in reality that needs to be faced. Uh, so, yeah. Why, well, uh, thing that doesn't hear, um, between my whole chatting with you and very informative, I hope people in the audience can take you know, a closer look at harm reduction and needle exchange and other things uh, in general about community and, and for outreach. Um, uh, but yeah. uh, like, for more info, uh, you can go to uh, the National Harm Reduction Coalition website and they have like frequently asked questions, resources, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, thank you for doing that, yeah. And, you know, in there, um, you can also find uh, what other programs are around. Um, like in the Valley, we have, um, I helped start a program in Bakersfield, and there's one in Kings County, and uh, there's one up in Stockton. So there, there's a handful in the Valley. Those are all relatively new. Um, and then, like nationwide, there's programs that you can find if, if you're traveling, what have you. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for the information. Um, I, I, I think it's very helpful. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for coming by. Really appreciate it. Um, this is Jonathan Lofi uh, with my wife, President, from Dallas Blanchard. And I'll see you all down the line. This has been a No Life Fresno production, a branding department brand. To learn more about branding department, visit brandingdepartment.com and check out our full blog of No Life Fresno content, including these recordings at nolifefresno.com. Music by Jonathan Lofi.